Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure. Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And of course, they have Junior Bergen t-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at uh, ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. If you're planning a meeting, conference, or special event in Missoula, consider the Wingate by Wyndham. Our event space is comfortable and flexible. Whether you need an intimate boardroom meeting or a conference war 100, Missoula's Wingate is the perfect fit. Our audio-visual equipment, upgraded internet, and flexible food and beverage policies allow you to put on an impressive show without breaking the bank. Call us at Missoula's Wingate, where we make you feel at home when you're not. We go now to the Rankage Brothers RV phone line, and we welcome in our good friend Mike Dugar. Covers the Seattle Seahawks for The Athletic. You can follow him on Twitter, at Mike Dugar. And, Mike, it is wild card weekend. The Seahawks, the last game of the weekend, 240 Mountain Time kickoff in Philadelphia. Obviously, they lost, again, another great game against San Francisco in Week 17, which meant that they are now traveling on the road to Philadelphia. As you've gone through this week, I know we talked about this game in the setup on Monday, but now that we're to Friday, has anything changed, whether it's uh, guys getting healthy, guys ready to go, or even, obviously, the overarching narrative personnel-wise, which is Marshawn Lynch? Uh, Well, I mean, definitely there's some people getting healthier. My goodness. The injury reports for both teams last time we spoke was extensive. Uh, And now it looks like I think Miles Sanders, Philly running back, is going to play. I believe they're thinking Lane Johnson, their right tackle, is going to play. Zach Ertz, who has a lacerated kidney, is somehow going to play, so there's some, some good news for some, some people there. Uh, the Seahawks, they lost Michael Kendricks for the year. They lost Jerron Brown probably for the year, but they're at least getting Quandre Diggs back. So, yeah, there's definitely some folks, you know, getting getting healthy because, I mean, I guess it couldn't get much worse. My goodness, both teams were, were pretty banged up. And I think that's equally good news for both sides. Like, I don't think either team was like, the Seahawks weren't going to win without Quandre and the Eagles weren't going to win without Zach Ertz. I think it was honestly that simple for both teams. So for both of those squads to have those guys, both teams can feel a lot better about their chances of winning the game. I know you have access to the locker room. I have no idea how much access you get to facilities at Seattle or otherwise. But and you might not be able to answer this question, but I just want to ask you it anyways. What is the rehabilitation process like for NFL players? Because it seems like every week... Sunday, Monday, <laughs> nobody's going to play. And then all of a sudden, Friday rolls around, the injury reports, like you say, they evolve throughout the course of a week. What does that take? 
And it's it's different for each guy. Like the veterans have gotten they've they figured it out. Like I need this on Sunday nights on the plane or right after the game I need to go here or right after the game I get in the cold tub or acupuncture, whatever. They kinda have a plan for what they need to do, which is why you see a lot of veterans either rest on a Wednesday or a Thursday. Like there's a there's a plan in place and and sometimes it just depends on, you know, because football hurts for everyone. Everyone hurts after Sunday. And I don't care who you are, whether you're 23, rookie, or you're 34. Like, everything hurts. How you wake up Monday morning maybe depends on what you need uh, going forward. Like, some guys are just like, man, I'm limping to the car, but at least we won. And then their wife has to help them out of bed. And it's like, all right, cool. Uh, you need to go to the training room. So it, it starts there, like, diff- how different guys' bodies respond to things. If you have something that's been nagging, all year, usually they put you on a plan to take care of that. Like KJ with his knee has been a good example. I think Bradley had bad knees last year. Cam Chance had bad ankles a few uh, years ago. The year Sherm tore his Achilles. But they had just had like they have plans for for each guy to take care of themselves. Uh, so that's why you see some guys. Uh, well, that's why you hear Pete Carroll a lot of time be like, uh, "Hey, how's this guy doing after the game?" Like he's sore. He's sore, but uh, blah, 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 blah. And that's why. It just depends on how dudes respond when they wake up Monday morning and go talk to Pete. You know, play a little player, tell the truth Monday. Whatever they tell him, whatever reports he gets, then they go from there. Like, I don't think the, the strength staff needs to be fired or everything. You're actually 50 dudes go get in a car crash every week. Like, man, not everyone's going to make it out. That's just, you know, it's very much just like a car crash. Mike Dugar joining us. He covers the Seahawks for the Athletics. Seattle is at Philadelphia Wild Card Weekend. They're playing on Sunday afternoon. We'll have that game for you right here on ESPN Radio. And Mike, uh, I want to talk about the Seahawks defense because they finished 26th overall when you talk about yardage. They're like 22nd in scoring defense. But also, I think that they were they struggled really early on in this year quite a lot. But when Quandre Diggs in particular showed up, he seemed to change his defense dramatically. We know how important that safety spot is for this particular defense that they run in Seattle. And then now he's been out a little bit, but is coming back. How big an impact has he made on this team when he's been available? And what do you expect his impact to be on Sunday? You know, I think he makes a, a huge impact, and I, I don't necessarily like the numbers. His on-off numbers in football, on-off numbers are a little iffy, not like basketball. But I mean, those are really impactful too. I mean, Earls were off the charts, which is why they never should have let him walk. Uh, but I really think it is just some of the little things. When you're a free safety, right? That that spot, and I, I talked about this before with Tedrick Thompson. When you make a play versus when you don't, it's just so evident, and it's just so impactful it swings the game one way or the other right like the difference between you know Ke- uh tedrick missing that ball against the Bengals, that big one to john ross yeah and the difference between like quandre catching that ball uh against the niners in the in the first meeting just like you know coming downhill taking that ball away like those plays it's just like one play but it, it, it makes all the difference in the world because, like, you're the last line of defense. So when stuff gets by you or you misplays, it's just, you know, everyone everyone has their eye on it. You look at the the 80-yard touchdown run or whatever it was Kenyon Drake had, right? Like, Delano Hill takes a better angle, and then he makes the play, then we don't even remember that. And it's like a 12-yard run, then it's just whatever. But now it's like, oh, Delano sucks. You know, just because of that, ultimately because of that one play, it's really just one of the only bad plays he had in that game, but it was for an 80-yard touchdown. So it's highlighted a lot more. Like, Andre has been able to make a lot of those plays. And then little stuff, they're, they're more like erasing things. 
than like necessarily like the pick sticks against the Rams was big, but he's been able to just like the same slant play that Delano whiffed on against Debo Samuel last game. Quandre made the hit on the exact same play and made sure Debo didn't even complete the catch. Like it's things like that. Like Lano ends up giving 30 yards up. It's incomplete when, when Quandre's in the game. It's things like that. You can pick the exact spots where he's just so much better than the guys they've, they've had in there. So, uh, that's where I think he, he's so big because there just aren't those huge, huge, huge mistakes. Like, they're not perfect. Not the Legion of Boom has been there. But you can just see the areas in which he's better than the guys they've had behind him. The fact that Seattle's lost three out of four after that great win over the Vikings, is there any level of concern internally or, or otherwise uh, that Seattle maybe isn't playing its best football going into the playoffs? Um, I, think, I think not getting Tyler Lockett involved has been a really big issue. Look at the losing the three of the four. What's the what happened in the one they won? Tyler Lockett went off, right? Like that was even against the Vikings. You know, I don't think he had a catch. Which I mean, there was two ways to look at that. It was like, oh, look, they beat the Vikings without Tyler Lockett having a catch. But it's also like, yo, why didn't Tyler have a catch? Um, so I think that's been a big part for the the offense. It's just I know he was hurt. I know he was sick. That's fine. But Tyler is one of those dudes that I have problems saying this. He's one of them dudes. Like if he's out there, he's fine. And so I treat it as such. I don't give him the excuse like, oh, man, I know he's out there on half a leg. Like, dude, you're out there. If you're on half a leg, let someone in there who's in there with two legs play then if they're going to be more productive and not make excuses. You know, if the player is built like that, like, hey, I'm out there, so I'm fine, then all right, cool, we're going to treat it like you're fine, then you stunk today. Why'd you stink? You know, so say something other than you're, uh, you're injured or you're sick or whatever. So he's fine now. It's more important. So he needs to be better. Like, look at the second half against San Fran. He was getting the ball. When he gets the ball, this offense is so much better. And, like, it's cliche when Russell says it. He always says, like, oh, the more we can get Tyler Lockett the ball, the more it's better for the Seattle Seahawks. It sounds like a mission statement he's reading. But it really is true. You get Tyler the ball and better things better things happen. They were getting basically shut out until Tyler Lockett had a catch uh, against the Niners. So, I think I mean, that's not even, like, some inside knowledge I have. I'm just, I'm just watching. I watch the game. watch the replay of the game. When that when that guy's not involved, it's just so bad for, for the whole offense. Coulter, you have a business, and your business is based in the World Wide Web. Indeed I do. So I'm on my computer all the time. And if you're not online, you're not making money, and it is important to make sure that you're online and secure. Am I right? Absolutely. Got to be cyber safe this day and age. Well, for you business owners out there, whether you have an online business or a brick-and-mortar business, it's still running through the web. We all know that's a fact. And in today's always-on world, your business demands a simpler approach to network security. At Blackfoot Communications, they deliver state-of-the-art security solutions from the perimeter to the endpoint devices and remote data backup for businesses across the state of Montana. They do. They're keeping everybody cyber-secure and ensuring that businesses run the way that they need to across the state. So ensure your company's network is online all the time. For more information, visit goblackfoot.com slash business. That's goblackfoot.com slash business. And you can click the link right here in the old podcast. We've made it so very easy for you. Go visit and find out how to keep your business or the business of people you know secure online with Blackfoot. Mike Dugar joining us. He covers the Seattle Seahawks for The Athletic. The Seahawks are in Philadelphia Sunday afternoon for uh, the final wild card game of wild card weekend. And uh, let's talk about this matchup a little bit, Mike. The uh, Philadelphia Eagles are on a four-game winning streak, but it comes with a caveat that it was against all 
in division competition. The Giants twice, the Redskins once, and then, of course, the Cowboys. But nonetheless, you got to win those games. They did it. They win the division. Everybody talks about how bad the division was, but at the end of the day, Philadelphia is like two years removed from a Super Bowl and has been in the playoffs every year. So this is a veteran group that knows what they're doing. Carson Wentz is playing really well. They did match up with the Seahawks earlier this year. They lost that football game 17-9. to So what do you see now in the wild card rematch? Well, I, we had uh, on our podcast, uh, we had Bo Wolf, our Philly guy from The Athletic, on there. And I asked him, like, Bo, is Carson good now, or did he just play the NFC? You know, and he was like, look, man, that's just a money question. Because it's really hard to tell. Like, I know his his numbers are good. I think it's seven touchdowns, no picks, about 1,200 yards in four games, which is good. It's fine. But it's just like, that's the, also the numbers you should put up against the Giants. And the Redskins and the Cowboys. Well, they played the Giants twice. Giants like, twice. It was, yeah, I mean, anybody played the Giants twice, they shouldn't throw no picks. The Giants are, you know, a really good XFL team right now. You know, so <laughs> like those are the numbers you, you you should have. So I think that very similar to how like the Seahawks road wins. Maybe their road record was a bit deceiving. I thought in that they were just beating a bunch of bad teams on the road. Um, that didn't necessarily speak to how good or bad the, the Seahawks were as a team. They were just kind of doing what they were supposed to do, and it was a lot closer than it should have been. Like in hindsight, they should have really smoked Cleveland a lot worse than that. They should have beat the brakes off of Atlanta. Like There were some, some games there where they should have beat Philly by a lot more. Uh, so I think I would lean towards Carson Wentz's last month being a little bit deceiving in that. He was playing some really bad teams. who weren't, They weren't just that he was playing bad defenses. All those offenses suck too, you know. <laughs> so it's like everything was just going well uh, for Philly. So and they still barely beat Washington, uh, who got better, but they stink as well. And we have a coach. Uh, so I think Seahawks should, you know, they should respect what Carson Wentz has done in the last like month, but recognize that like you just need to focus on how he looked against you guys because that's probably the guy you're more likely to get versus the dude who you know lost to the Dolphins. Wentz is just so it's he's so perplexing to me because if you just watch Wentz, you just watch the way he moves and the way he throws the ball. There's no question he's one of the most talented quarterbacks in the league. He's one of the best arms in the league. There's no doubt. But the production, you're like you're like you're saying, it's all over the map, and it's just so hard to tell if this guy is a, a, a the real deal or a pretender. I don't know. I can't tell either. It's it's going to be fascinating to watch it all play out. Mike. Yeah, he's one of those. He's one of those guys. I think like the strong arm thing for dudes coming out of the draft is like overrated. I think Josh Allen's a good example of that too. I don't care how strong your arm is if you're not putting it on your guy. <laughs> like, who, who cares? You know that was a knock on Gardner Minshew coming out of the draft at the Wazoo. Like, oh yeah, no, he's, his arm ain't that strong. Well, he's he's accurate, you know, and that's what you don't have in, in Nick Foles very much. So yeah, you should you should roll with him. Want to finish up with you here on two things, but we did we mentioned Marshawn Lynch, but we really didn't talk about it. But twelve rushes for thirty four yards, he did have the touchdown. Really had nothing going in the first half, and then did break out on a couple runs, got the crowd going against San Francisco. But where are we at with Marshawn Lynch? And then Travis Homer, when he had a week to prepare, where he was the guy was actually really effective for Seattle on the ground. What does this rushing game look like for Seattle on Sunday? I think it honestly looks a lot like the the divide between Carson and Penny in an ideal situation. Remember, Carson getting like 20 carries and Penny getting like four was never really what Pete wanted. He would like them both to be playing well. He would like them like maybe like maybe like a, a 14 and 14 
uh, type of thing, maybe 15 and 15. And I think that is what, I think what Travis had 10 carries, uh, Marshawn had 12, and Travis had like five catches. So like the touches and what I didn't, I don't know how many snaps he didn't play, but the, like how the, the snaps and stuff were divvied up, that's really what people want. We're like, all right, cool. Travis, here's your 10, 12. Marshawn, here's your 10, 12. If we can both get you guys around like, you know, four and a half yards of pop, uh, we're in, we're in good we're in good place, and then obviously you got one of you guys is going to score probably if not both of you, and we're in good shape, you know. And both of them are pretty good pass protectors. I think with Marshawn, it's mostly about like him knowing the the blocking schemes and all that. He wasn't going to have all that in six days. He might not have it all in like thirteen days or whatever. But he's probably better at it for this game than he was in a Niners game. So I think you're going to see probably a little bit more Marshawn. But I still think Travis will be the guy they try to lean on from from the start, just because he does know the offense a lot better. And as you guys saw, man, he's fast, man. He can make impact. He's, he's a good player. All right, Mike. Here it is. Moment of truth, man. The Seahawks—they're the only road favorite at Wild Card Weekend, one and a half point favorite in Philadelphia. You like the Seahawks in this spot in a playoff game? I do, I do. But I think it's going to be close, man. I think it's going to be close because the Seahawks don't know how to do anything else in a win but play close. That's right. <laughs> uh, I'm going to go 25-23 Seahawks. That's cool. Cover the hook by a half close. point. Yeah, no, uh, yeah. Uh, that's, that's, all, that's all that matters is getting the W, man, is flying first class on the, on the way back. Them, not me. Like I said, I'm still in the middle seat no matter whether they win or lose. Uh, so, but yeah, I think I think they pull it out. I think it'll be close. It's really going to be one of those games where I think like one or two plays kind of shifts it. I mean, in a two point game, maybe it's just you know one team going for two earlier in the game and either getting it or not that shifts the the game. You know, it could be something like that. So, I, yeah, that's that's what I got. Twenty five twenty three. Seahawks game kicks off at 240 Mountain. We will have coverage beginning for you at noon on Sunday with the pregame show. Mike Dugar covers the athletic, uh, covers the Seahawks for the Athletic at Mike Dugar on Twitter. You can also listen to, listen to him on the Seahawks Man-to-Man podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. Mike, we appreciate it as always. It's been a fun year. We'll catch up with you next week one way or the other, all right? All right. Thanks for having me. Take care, man. You got it. Mike Dugar. You know, guests, the Wingate by Wyndham is the Missoula Hotel that truly offers something for everybody. No doubt. It's conveniently located near the airport, easy for when your friends come to visit you. And you know, of course, my favorite, water slides. That's right. they got an awesome water park with a sweet water slide that's perfect for families, groups, and birthday parties. With the Wingate, they also have a terrific business travel rate, large meeting spaces for you and your clients, and one of the best rewards programs you'll find anywhere. Talk to me about breakfast. They're not messing around with the Continental. They got the full breakfast spread, man. That's what I'm talking about. I need that. They got you covered there as well. Just down the road from the Missoula Airport, the location is quiet and convenient. The parking is ample and free, and the staff genuinely cares about taking care of their guests. The Wingate is at 5252 Airway Boulevard. You can also call. Very simple, easily memorizable number, 541-8000. That's 541-8000. The best hotel at the best spot for a hotel near the airport. Let the wind gate by Wyndham in Missoula make you feel at home, even when you're not. Shout out to SWX. Believe this is our one-year anniversary, Coulter. Today? They've been yesterday on SWX statewide. Uh, but uh, our appreciation to uh, SWX and what they've put together, a ton of content. I mean, we've got the list of the live sporting events that they're going to be providing statewide and on the Watch SWX app for this 
you know, winter and into spring, particularly with basketball, but not just basketball, unbelievable. I mean, the sports that they're doing at every level, uh, it's uh, it's fantastic, and we're certainly happy to be on their air as well. The media evolution and just how rapidly the whole thing has exploded, I think makes a lot of times a lot of aspects get taken for granted. I remember less than 20 years ago when Mike Chavez was playing first at Hart Butte and then at Browning, and he was a phenomenon like we hadn't seen in Montana in a long time. Yeah. And public television up, on the, uh, up around that area started broadcasting his games, and then I remember the public television station in Missoula started picking him up. I can't tell you how cool I thought it was to watch yes. the Browning Indians on t- television, watching this this American legend in the midst of his career. And now, just I guess this what happens I'm saying, all the time. That's what I'm saying is yeah. don't, don't take it for granted because it's super cool that there's dozens of high school games on across the state all the time. It's super cool. And us. <laughs> just for what it's worth. Well, happy now to go to the Rankage Brothers RV phone line and welcome in Brandon Dubray. He is works for Covers. He does a podcast called Prop Shop and covers one of the best in the business at covering sports gambling information. Brandon, thanks so much for being with us, talking a little wild card weekend in the NFL. Hey, thanks for having me. I'm uh, excited for this weekend, so hopefully we can uh, put together a couple winners here for the listeners. Well, what's fun uh, on Wild Card Weekend to me is you get you can get your head around it. There's just four games. You see the lines. You see yeah. some of the props on it, and you can kind of think about it in, in as a group. So when you do that, what game to you this weekend you think offers the most value? Ooh, tough question to start off. Um, you know, you no know, softies around here, Brandon. We're always just coming with the hard hitters, you know? <laughs> Yeah, for sure. I don't know if there's any one game that offers the most value. There's a couple bets I like in each game. Why don't we just start with uh, with Houston there, uh, first, you know, first game on Saturday. Yeah. So Houston is a, a favorite, a favorite at home by three over the Bills. Both teams ten and ten and six, but obviously the Bills, one of the best defenses in the league, and the Texans historically mm, sort of underperforming in the postseason. Although finally they have Deshaun Walk, uh, uh, Deshaun Jackson, Deshaun. Watson, how healthy for this one? Yeah, no doubt. I'm going to back Houston at minus a two and a half here. You know, if you shop around, you might be able to find that number just below three. You know, three is obviously a key number. So if you can get two and a half, you know, you're going to want to take that. Um, to me, Will, you know, Will, Will Fuller is a really big part of this story. Now, to me, though, the two and a half line, that's showing us that Fuller is not going to play. And I'm happy to take it at two and a half, even with him not in the lineup. Um, you know, if he does get in the lineup, you know, then we're, we're in luck because that Texas offense is way better. And I think the line will be more like Houston minus four, even minus five, if Fuller plays. Now, um, here's what I'm looking at. Um, for me, passing wins playoff games. Um, I was actually reading a really cool article by Ben Baldwin, who writes for The Athletic, and he pointed out that since 2009, teams who have the better passing EPA are winning 82% of the time. And who's the better passing team here? Well, there's no doubt that it is Houston. Uh, Houston ranking 15th in passing DVOA. Buffalo way down at 23rd. And, I mean, you just look at the quarterback situation with Deshaun Watson against Josh Allen. I think we know who the better passer is there. So that's one reason that I'm leaning towards Houston uh, to get it done finally in the playoffs at home at minus 2.5. 
The Patriots playing the night game tomorrow. They are surprisingly playing tomorrow after losing to Miami and having to sort of figure out, get get themselves mentally prepared to play a Titans team that is sort of uh, New England South, right? And Vrabel is the head coach, motivated to go play his old team. What do you think about this game? The Patriots a five-point favorite of what I'm looking at. Yeah, I locked in New England at minus four and a half. Uh, not one of the easier New England bets I've ever placed in my life. You know, in, in years past, it's just been like, you know, New England, you know, at home in January. We're going to bet on the Pats right just now. Book it, you had right. to think a little bit. You had to think a little bit more about it this week. But um, here's what I'm seeing. You know, with Pat's offense, they've definitely struggled. Um, but, you know, we still have Tom Brady. We still have Josh McDaniels. And what I'm looking at is they're really going up against what I consider to be a pretty bad Tennessee defense. And, and the key here is that Tennessee cannot pressure opposing quarterbacks. Well, or sorry, I should say that not that they can't, but they don't do it as well as most other teams in the league. Now, Brady, uh, this year especially, has been really struggling against pressure, but he's been pretty good uh, when given time. And I think that's what we're going to see on Saturday night is that Tom Brady's going to have a lot of time in the pocket and he's going to find a lot of Julian Edelman. And if you can bet props out there, one of my favorite bets, also for this weekend is to uh, to take the over on Julian Edelman's reception total, which you might be able to find at five and a half. Maybe it's going to be more like six and a half. I'm willing to play the over on either one. On Sunday morning, uh, the Saints and the Vikings, the Saints, the biggest favorite on the board, hosting Minnesota. This is an intriguing matchup to me. Shocking that the Saints end up playing in this weekend because there's three 13-3 teams in the NFC, but the Vikings, very good team, or can be in their own right, but a, a touchdown or more underdog in this one. Yeah, that's right. It's a huge kind of mismatch on paper here. Now, for this one, because of the big spread, I'm going to look at the total. Um, I actually locked in the over earlier in the week when it was down closer to 47. It has ticked up to 50, but I could really see this score getting into the 50s, meaning we could still cover the over 50 here. Now, uh, let's look at the New Orleans side. We know they're going to score points, right? I mean, Michael Thomas, is he's uncoverable. Uh, Alvin Kamara is one of the best running backs in football. Latavius Murray provides a great kind of counterpunch up the middle. And, and now we even got Jared Cook, who's playing like one of the best catching tight ends in football, and he's really given Drew Brees that missing piece of the offense that they haven't really had since Jimmy Graham was there. You know, all this has resulted in, you know, Drew Brees playing, you know, like he was 30, like he's 33 years old again, right? He looks amazing. Now, for an over to hit, of course, we need Minnesota to score as well. So a couple things I like, uh, a couple reasons I should say why I think they'll put up a few points is, number one, Dalvin Cook is back, and he says he's healthy. He's had a few weeks off now to, to rest that shoulder and arm injuries, and that's going to force New Orleans to kind of focus on Cook a bit, which should really help open up the passing game. I mean, there's no doubt that part of Kirk Cousins' recent struggles has been because that Dalvin Cook's not in the lineup, and teams have just been able to focus on Cousins himself. But, you know, the Saints are quite vulnerable to the pass. Um, all you got to do is look Elsewhere, wherever Marshawn Lattimore isn't on the field, look that way, and you're probably going to get a completion. I believe Eli Apple is out this weekend. So um, I think there's a lot of points to be scored in this one. Listen, the Saints have given up 28 or more points in three of their last six games. And um, one more thing I want to point out that kind of leads me to the over here is that it's it's an indoor game. And, um, 
you know, Kirk Cousins is much better passer inside than he is outside. Uh, I believe Evan Silva had established the run pointed this out originally, but um, when inside Cousins passes for just about eight yards per attempt, when he's outside, it drops by half a yard. Uh, his passer rating inside is about 107.4, and inside it's down at 93.1. So I know there's a narrative that Kirk Cousins can't do anything in a big game, but that's mostly been on Monday night. And this is on Sunday afternoon, so I, I, I think a big game coming from Kirk Cousins as well, and we should get a lot of points. Brandon Dubray joining us. He hosts a podcast called Prop Shop for Covers. Covers one of the best there around in sports gambling. And so Brandon joining us talking the wild card weekend and the last game, probably the most meaningful to folks around here in general, the Seahawks at the Eagles. Seattle, the only road favorite uh, of the weekend and the uh, total at 45 and a half on what's going to be an outdoor game in Philadelphia in January. Granted, not terrible weather. Looks like 44 degrees uh, for uh, for kickoff on on uh, on Saturday, or excuse me, on Sunday afternoon, headed into evening. Yeah, good, good point in bringing up the weather. Always something that betters kind of should be looking at uh, for any outdoor game in in January. Now, for this one, I am going to have to lean towards the Philadelphia money line. Um, you know, there's been a, there's a ton of injuries on offense for Philly, but um, it hasn't really seemed to matter. Uh, they're still scoring points. Uh, reports lately are that Miles Sanders will play. Uh, that came out today. Um, obviously, he's a big piece of their current offense. And if you look back over the last five games when all these offensive players have been hurt, they're still scoring. I mean, last week, 34, uh, 17 against Dallas two weeks ago, and 37, 23, and 37 going back all the way to week 13. So, um, you know, even with all these receivers out, they're still scoring. And, you know, Seattle's defense just hasn't been all that good this season. So I think they'll be able to score now um, on the Seattle side. Well, we know running the ball, that's Seattle's identity. And uh, even with all their injuries of running back, I, I can't see them just all of a sudden changing that in a playoff game. They didn't last week. Um, they, they gave the ball to Marshawn Lynch. Uh, and I think that's actually going to be a positive for Philadelphia here because, you know, Lynch was just not effective last week. Uh, I personally think it cost Seattle a game when they tried to sub Lynch in uh, at the one-yard line. It took that delay a game penalty. Um, you know, the other thing to look at is, you know, the Seahawks have major issues on the offensive line. and It's hard to win games when you're, you're down your center, Justin Britt. So they're likely going to be without left guard Mike Upati. And, um, you know, Dwayne Brown is probably out too. So that's going to make running the ball difficult. And, you know, it even makes passing the ball difficult because you need a little time back there. So I'm leaning towards the Eagles on the money line to win this one. You had talked about Julian Edelman on the receptions total, like in the over there. Are there any other prop bets this weekend that you're kind of eyeing that you kind of think that you like a little bit as you look across the landscape? Yeah, yeah, sure. So, of course, I I do really like that Edelman play. Um, Another one that makes sense based on the way I've handicapped these games is for Kirk Cousins to go over his passing yards total, which is going to be set right at about, um, just about the 250 mark, you might be able to get it as low as 245.5. Um, you know, so like I, I've kind of already pointed out the reason why. He's a much better passer inside, and I think there are going to be a lot of points scored here. And, you know, we have to look at betting narratives for, for player props as well. And if you think the Saints are going to blow out the Vikings, which, you know, the betting market kind of says they're going to do, they're a seven and a half, eight point favorite, well, that, that could give us a lot of garbage time yards for Cousins where they're trying to play catch-up in the second half and, you know, every yard counts for props. So 
I like Cousins to go over his passing yards total. And one more I'm looking at is for the Eagles tight end, Dallas Goddard, to go over five and a half receptions. I'm assuming Zach Ertz will not play. Um, hasn't officially been ruled out yet, but come on, it's a lacerated kidney that ends for most players' season. So um, I'm looking at Goddard. He's been a monster without Ertz in the lineup recently. He went four for 65 yards last week and nine for 91 yards in week 16. And if we look way back to the matchup earlier in the season when the Seahawks and Eagles played, Carson Wentz targeted his tight end 22 times, which resulted in 19 catches for the Eagles tight end. So I see a big day coming for Dallas Goddard. Brandon, we certainly appreciate your time. Thanks so much for being with us. Tell the people where they can listen to Prop Shop and uh, and check in on you, the stuff that you're doing. Yeah, so the Prop Shop podcast, it airs every Friday morning. You can get it wherever you get your podcast, or you can watch, if you will, we record it. That's available at covers.com. And if you want to chat with me, I'm available on Twitter at CoversBD. Brandon Dubray, appreciate it. Brandon, thanks so much for being here. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for having me. Coulter, you have a business, and your business is based in the World Wide Web. Indeed I do, so I'm on my computer all the time. And if you're not online, you're not making money, and it is important to make sure that you're online and secure. Am I right? Absolutely. Got to be cyber safe this day and age. Well, for you business owners out there, whether you have an online business or a brick-and-mortar business, it's still running through the web. We all know that's a fact. And in today's always-on world, your business demands a simpler approach to network security. At Blackfoot Communications, they deliver state-of-the-art security solutions from the perimeter to the endpoint devices and remote data backup for businesses across the state of Montana. They do. They're keeping everybody cyber secure and ensuring that businesses run the way that they need to across the state. So ensure your company's network is online all the time. For more information, visit goblackfoot.com slash business. That's goblackfoot.com slash business. And you can click the link right here in the old podcast. We've made it so very easy for you. Go visit and find out how to keep your business or the business of people you know secure online with Blackfoot. We go now to the Regis Brothers RV phone line, and we welcome in Rob Hardy Poole from 98.5, the Sports Hub in Boston. He hosts the midday show there and also does the New England Patriots pre- and post-game show. The Patriots hosting in the wild card weekend, the Tennessee Titans, on Saturday evening. Hardy, thanks so much for being with us. How are you? Uh, my pleasure, but, you know, you saying Patriots and wild card weekend, people are ready to jump off the Tobin Bridge around here. They don't know what to do. Well, my a wild card weekend. That, uh, that, that five-minute stretch of real time in uh, Kansas City and Foxborough was quite the deal on Sunday. I know a huge disappointment for Patriot fans, but the Patriots team, where are they? What's their mindset right now? Is they got to be very disappointed losing to uh, not a very good Dolphins team at home. Yeah, especially when you factor in the, the, the rhetoric from Foxborough the week leading up to that Dolphins game was early playoff game, treating this as a playoff game. And while they never said anything about it after the Buffalo win, a lot of people felt like they had started to flip a switch, much like they had done last season after back-to-back losses to the Steelers and Dolphins. And then they, they found something at the end of the regular season, and certainly during the postseason run, they culminated with a Super Bowl win over the Rams. But after, after all of that, to go out there and lose to that Dolphins team, um, I think they dialed back 
the rhetoric completely this week, and it's really just been back to work in what is now uh, a true must-win as opposed to a make-believe must-win like they had going into that Dolphins game in Week 17. You know, there has been ongoing for probably a half a decade now, this ongoing, well, when is the end coming for New England, for Belichick and Brady and the whole deal? And it just seems like any time that really starts to rise up, the two of them and the team in general answer emphatically and shut everybody up, and they probably won two Super Bowls since all that started. Do you think this could be that where they, you know, okay, Tennessee comes in, people go, well, that's a trap game for New England and all that, where they just lay it on the Titans on on Saturday? Well, first of all, they've won three since all that started because it right. started five years ago. It started in 2014 with a, a really bad loss at Kansas City. And I was among those who thought that, yeah, well, this one's essentially over. And when I say this one, this team, this dynasty, it's, it's all done now. And ever since then, I, I got out of the predicting the demise of Tom Brady and the, and the New England Patriots business. So, yeah, there is some sense that, you know, they can just find a way but when it comes to, you know, what to expect this week in Kansas City, I hope that they learned a lesson. Not that they were looking past Miami. And, you know, that's I, I think that's really one of the worst things you can accuse any team of is looking past the opponent that they have at hand. Uh, or looking past Miami, I should say. Um, but if there was any looking past Miami, they can't afford to do that with Tennessee. And they can't afford to be thinking about, Kansas City, and really, maybe what's really going to lead to their demise is they could have had two weeks to prep for Kansas City, and they could have been doing all their work on that. And maybe even if they did start that early, they had to stop that and get ready to beat this Titans team, which has a lot of motivation to come in here and get a win. And whatever prep they could have been doing for the Chiefs in Kansas City had to be put on hold or it had to be other guys doing it. You know, they're super advanced team. And if, if, you, if you go to any of the players, any of the coaches right now, they realize that they've got a team to deal with here tomorrow night that has a lot going on right now in terms of momentum, and they can't afford to look past them. They, they, they can't literally, uh, you know, afford another loss. Artie Poole joining us. He hosts Middays on 98, uh, 98.5 The Sports Hub. Also does the Patriots pre- and post-game show. And, Hardy, when I thought about this season for the New England Patriots just sort of broadly, the, the thing that struck me is this. It seems like New England always is like 2-2 two and two in September and then 3-1 and one in October and then just puts the hammer down in the second half of the season. And the opposite of that has sort of taken place here this season where they were so good the first half of the season. And this defense is still absolutely lights out. I mean, there's no doubt about that. But have you seen this team rather than playing its best football late, maybe playing not its best football late in the season? Yeah, it's a great point because I even said it myself. Uh, don't worry about those two losses early on. This team's always 2-2 two and two after four games. Right. Or, you know, it just seems like uh, that seems to be uh, the case. But, you know, you go back now and look at the schedule that they had through those first eight games. And they also had Josh Gordon on the roster for a fair amount of those games. Had Antonio Brown, albeit for one game, but he was there for that one game. And you take those guys away, and then you start factoring in a couple other things. I'll say injuries because that's real. And Julian Edelman is dealing with an injury that uh, Mike Giardi of NFL Network said last week was worse than you could possibly imagine. 
you know, he's got some inside information on that, and we'll find out after the season what that's all about. But I think the other thing that they've run into is that defense, which I still believe is very good, like you. Um, I think teams have now had a chance to see it, either in person, like the Dolphins did, when they got beat 43 to nothing in Miami, and then they figured something out about that defense, and whether it's just a, a quick release or those underneath routes, there are ways of moving the ball against the Patriots' defense. And I don't think they're unstoppable. Yes, they finished the season at an historic pace, even with the points allowed in Week 17. It's one of the best defenses that team has you know, ever put on the field. But to think that uh, that that's what it's all about right now is a little sobering because I think teams have, have figured out a couple of times now how to score against them, and it is troubling when you look at a team that's not playing their best football right now, whether that's because other opponents have managed to figure out the defense or the injuries or a combination of both. Your assessment, I think, is, is dead accurate. Well, Hardy, let's talk about the game. It's a a night game on Saturday, 8-15 kickoff Eastern, 6-15 Mountain. The uh, Patriots obviously favored in this game. They're a five-point favorite, and and everybody sort of expects them, I think, to still kind of come through. But what do you see when you look at this team right now, where where it is now, in an unfamiliar territory playing on Wild Card Weekend? Yeah, that's that's just it. They're they're not used to this, and, uh, you know, it's a wonderful problem to have. Oh, you're... You know, you're making it to the playoffs again, but you have to play wild card weekend. It's really obnoxious. Right. It really is. It's, it's, it's Patriots fans in general are just, you know, they're insufferable. But, uh, you know, what I expect is the game that we thought we were going to see against the Dolphins, that's the game we're going to see tomorrow night. Now, these are my expectations. Of course, we were all wrong about last weekend, so now let's see if they can put that game on the field. And... Uh, when I say that game, I mean a bit of an embarrassment is what they're gearing up for against this Titans team. And they've got some motivation on both sides. I mean, Mike Brable, former Patriot, now head coach in, in Tennessee, he would love nothing more than to come into Gillette Stadium where he had some very pointed things to say about it uh, in his final time here as a player. He didn't like the fact that all this was being built up by a team that, you know, wouldn't offer up what he thought were fair contracts to players. And he's got a couple other players on that Titans team who ended up there because the Patriots wouldn't come up with good contracts for them. Deion Lewis is a great example. Um, but I think the Patriots still have enough requisite talent and Tom Brady to go out there and to put the hammer down. And I'm not, I'm not talking about 43 to nothing, but talking about something in the range of 27, 30 points and the defense going out there and refining their swagger that they had earlier in the season and figuring out a way to, to really put the hammer down on this team and give us the game that we all thought we were going to get last weekend. That's what my gut tells me. I was wrong last weekend. Most people were, but I think this weekend we get a chance to see it. Hardy, we really appreciate you joining us, giving us the insight from there in uh, the East Coast, New England area. Tell the people where they can follow you and listen to you. I appreciate it. Uh, I'm on Twitter at Hardy985. I'm uh, also the host of the pre- and post-game show on Patriots.com. That is a, a video feed as well as an audio feed with Paul Perillo and Mike Dussault. And uh, even though you know we're doing that from from Foxborough, from Gillette Stadium on Saturday, it's a, it's a pretty fair assessment. And I think you're going to hear uh, 
uh, a rather even-keeled uh, preview of the game tomorrow. I might be as high on this game uh, as anybody in terms of my co-host. And if we started talking about you know their chances against Kansas City the following week, believe me, you get a whole different story. But uh, first things first, Patriots.com tomorrow starting at 6 p.m. Eastern time. Hardy, appreciate the time, man. And enjoy the game tomorrow and, and best to you, all right? All right, let's talk again because I got all kinds of questions about Montana, but, you know, yeah, well, maybe we should do that on a personal level. I'm ready anytime. We could do it. We could do it okay. whenever you want to. I'll get the cell to you and we'll, uh, we'll, we'll talk to finer points of the Mountain Time Zone. All right, sounds good. Sounds good. Thank you. Hardy Poole from 98.5 Sports Hub, right in under the buzzer. Boys and girls, what a great weekend. Whether you're traveling to Missoula for business, a family visit, or to watch the Grizz game, the Wingate wants to be your home away from home. Call the Wingate to find out how we can take care of your next trip to Missoula. From conference rooms to great complimentary breakfast to an indoor water park, we have what you need and what you want when traveling. The Wingate of Missoula is a proud supporter of Grizzly and Lady Grizz athletics, and we look forward to making you feel at home when you're not. It's finally starting to feel like winter around here, and if you need some nice winter gear, how about the fine folks at Sitka? They make awesome winter clothes, and they sell custom Bobcat Sitka gear at the MSU Bookstore. You can shop online anytime at msubookstore.org, or of course you can check out the MSU Bookstore live and in person there on the Montana State campus. They also have some graduation regalia back in order there at the MSU Bookstore. They have an awesome American Indian Council selection as well. Visit on campus anytime you need blue and gold or visit online anytime, anywhere, msubookstore.org. MSU Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day located there on the Montana State campus.